Your story. It lives in River City. Where you can enjoy a metropolitan vibe and a small town feel. Where we set the standard for service and looking out for one another. Where there's so much more than steak in our thriving food scene. Your story is the story of Omaha. Told by those who live it and love it. Whether that's helping you keep up with the Cornhuskers or creating the content you crave. And here in the Omaha World Herald is where it comes to life. Omaha World Herald, where your story lives. Today we're breaking down Denver's 29-19 loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. We're talking about the quarterback situation. We're at our wits end and where the Broncos go from here. You are listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Welcome to the Huddle Up Podcast, your go-to show for all things Broncos. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up Podcast presented by Mile High Huddle. It's time to drop some knowledge. It's time to assuage some of these fears, some of these concerns. Broncos country, you got to step back off the ledge. The sky is not falling. The season is not over. I'm Chad Jensen, Scout Media, CBS Sports Digital. With me, as always, Will Keyes, editor and writer at Mile High Huddle. Will, Trevor Simeon and the Broncos, against the Chiefs on Monday night, they were giving away the ball like, you know, homeowners giving candy to trick-or-treaters. Uh, unfortunately, a very apt analogy from you. I am I am but a lowly college student who lives on the third floor of an apartment complex, so I'm not expecting a ton of trick-or-treaters tonight. Um, I might have you know a few pieces of candy just in case, but you are, in fact, a homeowner. <laughs> not, to bra- not to brag or anything, but uh, what kind of candy are you giving away tonight? I honestly have no idea. That's uh, in my wife's wheelhouse. My job to walk with the kids, you know, make sure everything goes okay. Uh, in today's day and age. And it's really weird. I was talking about this with a friend of mine. Back when I grew up, we're going back decades, everybody. We're going back to the 80s, okay? You could, there was just a lot more freedom. Parents weren't as worried about their kids. Uh, You know, there weren't as many perceived threats to children at the time. And I can recall being a kid back in the 80s and just, all right, got uh, got my costume on, I got my pillowcase, got my homeboys. Mom, I'll see you, you know, half an hour after dark. Peace out. Well, Gone. Definitely a simpler time. We should also we should also mention that uh, you grew up in Utah, so probably not the uh, not the worst neighborhoods around there. I'm assuming. No, it's pretty chill. It's pretty chill. We can't complain about the home state of Utah. But now, listen, we don't have a lot of time tonight, so we are going to get right to it. We're here to give you a deep dive on your favorite team, the Denver Broncos. We need your help. Make sure you take some time to go to iTunes, to go to Stitcher, whether you're an Apple user or Android. Leave a creative review. Rate the show. Very important to us. If you haven't done that yet, what in the name of the football gods are you waiting for? Make sure you're following the show on Twitter at HuddleUpPod. Make sure you're following Mile High Huddle on Twitter as well and Facebook. Changes in the air, everybody, and we're heading into some uncharted waters. You're not going to want to miss a single episode. And we do have a lot to get to today. But first, we want to say thank you to our sponsor, MyBookie.net. MyBookie.net is all about the excitement of making accurate sports predictions on your favorite teams without having to risk any funds. Totally recreational. There's all kinds of prizes. And in today's climate, the fantasy industries have made watching football so much more interesting. So go to MyBookie.net and compete for great prizes totally 
free. Now we're going to talk about the game and, and yet another debacle that went down uh, in the AFC West on Monday night. But first, let's address the elephant in the room. It's what's on everybody's minds, and that is the quarterback situation. After what went down in Kansas City, I think, Will, we all expected – I don't think there's anybody really left who is holding on to any kind of hope that the Broncos aren't going to make a quarterback change. I mean, it was just that bad. It's that apparent. And going into Monday, there were two reports by, uh, of course, your your NFL insiders, one Ian Rappaport, one Adam Schefter. Adam Schefter reports that if the Broncos make a change, it's going to be to Paxton Lynch, while Rappaport reports if the Broncos make a change, it will be to Brock Osweiler. So we've been sitting on pins and needles waiting to find out what the decision's going to be. Vance Joseph was scheduled to meet with the media at 1230 beforehand. He stepped into a meeting, a weekly meeting that he has with John Elway, the general manager and president of football operations, to discuss the goings-on, probably discuss the big decision, what they're going to do, evaluate Simeon, evaluate what's going on. And we expected him to come out of that right at 1230, talk to the media, make his uh, announcement, and we can analyze it. Unfortunately, as he came out of that meeting, he had a quick pull aside to uh, Orange and Blue 760 AM, home of the Broncos, a radio station in which he said, quote, I don't have one right now. Um, everything's being explored, obviously, um, you know, after uh, losing three in a row. And again, yesterday having five turnovers, you know, I think it's fair to um, evaluate every everything there, you know, with our our team working so hard and the guys putting in max effort yesterday and not having a chance to win the football game, I think it's fair to uh, evaluate the quarterback in all positions. Basically, the way I interpret this, Will, is that, you know, the Broncos are off today. The players aren't in the building. Coaches are meeting. Coaches are doing their thing. But I think the team is has already made their decision, but they're not going to announce it to the public. They're not going to announce it and talk about it in the media without right. first telling the team. That's that's how I read it at this point. I mean, I, I like that, that Vance Joseph isn't taking the decision lightly because it's a very big decision. And you don't want to be like Bill O'Brien a couple years ago when he was waffling back and forth between Ryan Mount and Brian Hoyer. Or if you go over to Cleveland and you look at them – doing their little musical chairs thing between Cody Kessler and Deshaun Kaiser and Kevin Hogan. Nothing good comes of that. So if you're going to make a decision, you have to be willing to stick with it for a while and live with the consequences and not switch back and forth because you're just going to destroy everybody's confidence. I think the reason they haven't made the decision yet is they want to, A, tell the team, like you said, and, and kind of get a read on it in the locker room. And see how Paxton Lynch is doing because I think yeah. it would make a lot more sense to see if Paxton Lynch is ready to go yeah. to to give him the ball as opposed to Brock Osweiler. We're going to talk more about QB options here in a few minutes, but first let's kind of back up and just re-examine what happened at Arrowhead Stadium and kind of exercise those demons. The Broncos, you know, when I sat down to preview the game in the weekly three keys to victory. Either myself or Will, we write that piece each and every week. One of my keys was the Broncos had to do everything they could to not fall behind in the first quarter. And oh, and they did. <laughs> they did in a big way. And, you know, honestly, my heart broke for Jamal Charles because 
you know, he had so much emotion pent up for this game. And I even wrote about the Broncos needing to harness that energy and find a way to channel it uh, to their advantage against the Chiefs. And then he fumbles. And what was so frustrating about it, or one of the things more that was frustrating about it, was that he was cranking out some big gains, man. I mean, yep. if he doesn't fumble right there, Jamal Charles is on pace to have a very explosive, very productive game. And, of course, it's scooped and scored by Marcus Peters. And immediately the onus gets put on the Broncos' offense to play from behind. Now, fortunately, uh, they were able to consistently, throughout the game, run the ball. I mean, C.J. Anderson had himself a game. Uh, Jamal Charles was productive when he touched the ball with the exception of the fumble. And even Devontae Booker uh, was productive, even though – you know, he didn't get quite as many touches, but Booker did get the touchdown. He averaged 6.7 yards per carry. So impressive production from Denver's trio of running backs and really helped to alleviate some of the pressure on Simeon in the offense. But unfortunately, Will, we just saw more of the same, and that is Trevor Simeon in just making terrible reads, making terrible decisions, not reading the field, not seeing the field. For example, you go back to uh, the pick that he threw to, he was trying to target Jeff Hireman. He talked about it after the game that he was hoping Marcus Peters was going to bite on that pump fake on the quick out to Demarius Thomas underneath, which would allow Hireman to just run down the sideline open, Simeon drop it in the bucket, big play, probably a touchdown. But as Simeon pointed out, Peters did not bite Will, and he still threw the ball, which at that point to me, it's like, look, the Broncos gave it an honest effort. It's time to pull this guy out. He's throwing off his back foot I mean, consistently, he had the, the, the balanced attack in terms of a productive rushing game. The Broncos' offensive line was, this is probably actually, from a pass protection perspective, Will, this was probably their best game, let's just say, I would say anyway, in the last month. So, yeah, I would agree. I mean, this we all want Trevor Simeon to succeed, okay? We, it's not like we sit here pining for him to fall flat on his face. But at a certain point, I mean, the Broncos, it's just not working. The, the, the experiment for Trevor Simeon is is has failed and it's time to make a change but what were your some of your takeaways offensively from the game last night yeah i mean you said it 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 just kind of looks like he has david carr syndrome where he's throwing off his back foot when he doesn't need to be when he he can be throwing off of a balanced platform but it's just not happening because he's so used to to having the rush in his face that when it's not there uh, it might as well be because you know there's like a phantom hurry on every play um, he's just making poor decisions. Uh, I really didn't see what was there on that throw to Jeff Hireman. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say throwing a nine route to Jeff Hireman covered by Marcus Peters. Oh, probably not the best matchup. Uh, and the throw was inside, too. It looked like – I don't know if you remember this play from like 2010. It's kind of obscure, but um, – Tim Tebow against the Chargers throwing throwing a fade route to Brandon Lloyd and threw it to the inside shoulder, which is just like the yep. the biggest sin you can do. <laughs> and it just it just kind of reminded me of that. So bad, just bad. Altogether, stuff. not very good. And then that throw um, across his body, just egregious, dude. Just yeah, egregious. I mean, I I don't like at that point. I was like, who cares? Because they weren't coming back to win that game, and uh, it <laughs> certainly not a, a, a well-advised throw, not one that I can recommend making most of the time. Um, but he was just trying to make a play and it was, you know, a stupid throw. But at, at that point, um, I think they're already dead in the water. The other interception was kind of like a, an Andrew Luck interception had some, had some green grass in front of him. Certainly could have run for the first down, but again, uh, I think he was just trying to make a play and He's just pressing. He's pressing yeah. on every front. Yeah, he doesn't look – he looks 
you know, 180 degrees different from the guy that we saw in Dallas. And it's really, it's, it's too bad. It's really unfortunate because he had such a great start to the season. And I I think since that Buffalo game, he just, he kind of lost his touch. Yep. And we all, we've talked about this before. I mean, it's, you root for the underdogs, you root for the guys who weren't supposed to make it in the NFL. And, you know, Trevor Simeon had himself one of the rarest jobs in the world, one of 32 people in this world that can call themselves a starting quarterback in the NFL. And even though that's not over, I mean, up to this point, the Broncos haven't made a change. And it, it, it would it shock me if they didn't change? Yes. But it, it'll happen. There, there'd be a part of me that still wouldn't be surprised because of how militant Vance Joseph has been in his support for Trevor Simeon. I mean, I, can you blame a coach for, for sticking by his quarterback? I mean, we can't condemn him yet because I think there's going to be a change made. And, and so I don't want to say anything bad about him. But you kind of have to appreciate a coach that's loyal to his players. He gave Isaiah McKenzie another shot. Um, so I, I don't fault Vance Joseph. He was catching a lot of flack last night. But we have to remember that, you know, he, he's 3-4. and four, And with a really tough schedule through his first seven games, things haven't gone well lately. Um, but, you know. Yeah. You got to give him time, and, and he's a rookie head coach, and some things are gonna are gonna be ironed out. And you don't want to you don't want to you know put the guy on the hot seat after seven games because that's how that's to be honest that's how inept franchises work, and that's why you know the Cleveland Browns have been the way that they are since 1999. Not to keep picking on them, but you got to get you got to let a guy learn, and and that's kind of what we're experiencing. We're experiencing the growing pains with Vance Joseph in year one. A lot of that is the decision making, and now what he is faced with is he's got to save face in the locker room. I've been told through sources um, that there are, I mean, there's big-time trouble in paradise. In this past week leading up to all the preparation leading up to the Chiefs game, the, the coaches took a different tact in terms of how they organized the meetings. Not so much was it coach-driven meetings, but rather they wanted the players to, to it was player-to-player type of meetings, uh, going over the game plan, going over film, etc., there were, in those settings, some tensions, some issues. It, it, we're not at liberty to go through all the details right now, but it, it really spilled over and boiled over last night following the game. And the Broncos and Vance Joseph at this point, it's not just a matter of who's the right man for the job. At this point, it really is a matter of also placating your locker room uh, because guys have given up in a lot of ways. I mean, you saw a lot of drops last night from the offensive players, not just the defense who's unhappy with the situation at quarterback. You saw guys just not focused, guys not caring, guys not locked in, and they're sending signals. It's a means of communication. They are trying to send a signal to Vance Joseph and these coaches that, look, this is, you know, we want to change. It's it's not working. At least that's what we've been told. Now, time will tell. Who knows, as, as this thing marches on, maybe we can shed a little bit more light into some specifics there. But getting back to the point, Will, is Vance Joseph, I agree with you. There, I, got I do admire a coach who's willing to stick with a starter through thick and thin, but at a certain point, you can't cut off your nose to spite your face. And the Broncos at 3-4, and four, I mean, it's terrible. They've lost three games in a row. But in the AFC right now, they're not out of this thing. I mean, if they can find a way to start pulling off some wins, I mean, they can at least they – they're still in the, the divisional hunt, A. B, they can challenge for a wild card. So he's at a pivotal moment where he's got to balance the destiny of the season. He's got to balance placating the locker room and then also making sure the guy you have at quarterback is the right decision. And it's – I don't envy the man. I mean, yeah, if you think – 
you know, you'd, you'd have to say the most realistic shot of getting to the playoffs is like nine and seven at this point. And given the way and I wrote about it yesterday, but the, the AFC and really the NFC too, aside from, you know, you have your chiefs, Patriots, uh, Eagles, Saints, chiefs who are kind of leaving the, I think I already said chiefs, but you know, we'll toss them there twice cause they're pretty good. Um, but they're kind of ahead. And then you have guys like, you know, the Browns, Giants, 49ers, and they're in the bottom. And there's a ton of teams just right in the middle. So if there was ever uh, a year to be mediocre and, and make a run for the for the yep. playoffs, it yep. would be now. But uh, obviously, a lot of things are going to change. And I'm not super optimistic at this point. Now, real quick, before we move on, talk a little bit more about the quarterback situation, where to go from here. Uh, in those angles, let's just touch on the defensive performance real quick because it was yet another impressive performance. I mean, these guys had to overcome yeah. five flipping turnovers, and they still managed to basically keep the Chiefs to 22 points. Okay, Now, when you consider that the Broncos gave it away five times, it's otherworldly. Uh, they kept, uh, what's his name, Kareem Hunt. Sorry, I had a brain fart there. To What was it, Will? 46 yards rushing, shutting yep. down yet another uh, elite level running back and you know they they'd gone through a drought without turnovers they found a way to take the ball away a couple of times Shaq Barrett with that phenomenal strip sack on Alex Smith I mean you got to remember Kareem Hunt turned the ball over in week one on his first career carry okay in week one the Chiefs up until last night had not turned the ball over since and yet the Broncos found a way to take it away twice uh, get, I mean, I, I don't think they were quite as consistent in the pass rush as I would have liked them to be, especially with Shane Ray coming back. But I can't complain about anything the Broncos defense did, with the exception of Darian Stewart getting burned for that touchdown uh, yeah. on the sluggo route by Travis Kelsey. Other than that, I mean, it was another lockdown performance, and it's it's no wonder why these guys are just so frustrated right now because they're playing winning football. I mean, yeah, they, they, they're still showing that they don't really know how to, to cover tight ends, whether that's a personnel thing or a scheme thing. But they, they let Travis Kelsey kind of run wild for seven catches, 133 yards. And then that touchdown where he, he, he uh, sold that sluggo route pretty well and Darian Stewart just totally bit and he was wide open in the end zone. Really easy touchdown pass uh, for Alex Smith. They got a little bit lucky. Um, I think Andy Reid really outsmarted himself uh, – by by giving Tyreek Hill that little left-handed pass, which Darian Stewart really easily intercepted. Um, but when you think about it, like Isaiah McKenzie fumbles, he muffs a punt at their own 16. Um, you have those those three interceptions, uh, and then obviously the the Marcus Peters fumble return doesn't count against the the Denver defense. So all in all, uh, 22 points surrendered given the circumstances. Really impressive. Uh, they hold on the five field goals, which by the way that. that Chiefs kicker, yeah. Um, I, he's just he just doesn't miss. So I don't know. I don't know why good things keep happening to the Chiefs. I, <laughs> you know, that's that's a, a question for another show. But um, we'll we'll leave that to the existentialism podcast coming up. But um, amen. It, it's it's tough. There's there's uh, a lot of inequality on this team. Uh, you know, you'd like to see them. You know, even even if they they lost a little bit of you know some of their their oomph on on defense, and some of it was made up on the offensive side, you think maybe it would be a better team. But you know, this this has been the identity of the team since 2015, and 
I don't know, like just to get more philosophical about it. Do you think that investing so much in the defense has hurt the offense? You know, I don't think so per se because they have the skill position guys. You know, they've made the investments in the offensive line. The questionable situation with the offense is, once again, the chickens coming home to roost on the quarterback situation, letting Brock go, um, you know, drafting Paxton Lynch, trading up to take him, allowing Trevor Simeon, and I say allowing, I mean what I say, to win an open competition with your first-round quarterback. And it just kind of goes on and on and on. And getting back to your point, though, about, you know, is, is this basically what it's going to be? You know, it's been the identity of the team going back to 2015 with the defense carrying them week in and week out. I think if you go back to week one and even, well, especially week two of this year, that's what caliber a team this could be if your offense can score two or three touchdowns per game. That's it. Score two or three touchdowns per game, and you will blow teams out. And so that's why it's incumbent on the coaches right now to dig deep, find some intestinal fortitude, and make the tough decision. In fact, let's talk about that decision with the quarterback. Well, I want to anyway. Before we do, real quick, I want to say thank you to our sponsor once again, MyBookie.net. MyBookie is all about the fun and excitement of making accurate predictions on your favorite teams without having to risk any funds. Site members can make picks against real spreads, real lines and totals for major sports leagues as well as college sports and compete for great prizes courtesy of MyBookie. MyBookie.net is the greatest, most professional, totally free, and most importantly, 100% recreational sports prediction service you can find on the web. Instead of the typical head-to-head challenges and the handicapping contests, MyBookie.net goes beyond the basics, offers members a true betting platform that will make users feel like they were in a real betting site. MyBookie is not a gambling or a play-for-money site. It's a free sports wagering website built for millions of sports fans to provide them with a platform to participate in picking games, predicting scores, and competing for free prizes without risking any of those dollars. Just like office pick'em contests, just like fantasy football, MyBookie.net brings a deeper enjoyment and excitement to watching our favorite teams by raising the stakes. It's fun, and for no cost, you get to make predictions and qualify for prizes. Again, service is absolutely free for all users, and we say thank you to MyBookie.net for sponsoring the Huddle Up podcast. So let's talk about where the Broncos go from here, because I think even you, Will, reading your your piece last night, uh, recapping the game, you're at a point where it's like, look, you know, enough's enough, Trevor Simeon, you know, it's time to make a change. So what do the Broncos do? Their options, obviously, Brock Osweiler or Paxton Lynch. We're hearing conflicting reports on what that decision is going to be. But in the meantime, it leaves us up to debate what is the right decision. Now, on one hand, you got the shiny former first-round pick, been sitting on the shelf. The problem with him is that he hasn't played meaningful football since late August and has only practiced twice in full uh, since and that was last week. He he practiced fully on Friday and Saturday, throwing, etc. But still, he's been in the meeting rooms. He's He's been in the film study. I mean, he's been with the team. So it's not like he's been on safari or vacation somewhere convalescing. I mean, he's been in it. He just hasn't been playing. So the Broncos have to ask themselves if with the season still, the opportunity still there to make a push, make a playoff run down the stretch, do they turn it over to the rookie who is himself? We know. I mean, it's not guesswork. We know he'll have growing pains of his own. You know, he might do a lot of good. Who knows? 
but we know those big mistakes are going to come. And right now, that's what the Broncos are trying to avoid is the massive game-changing type mistakes. Whereas on the flip side of that coin, you got Brock Osweiler, whom they brought in on the doorstep of the regular season. All of the you know uh, events conspired to allow him to be free to sign with the Broncos. He's back, and he has been with the team in the meetings, suiting up each and every week, dating back to week one. He's got the verbiage down by now. He knows the playbook as it is today. He's comfortable and knowledgeable in, in McCoy's system because of his rookie year in 2012 being with McCoy. So, And he's also got experience starting in the NFL, and not just bad experience. Again, for all of the, the naysayers about Brock Osweiler, the one thing you have to acknowledge and recognize with him is that he won a lot of games for the Broncos in some big clutch moments in 2015. And then last year, he helped lead the Houston Texans to the playoffs, won a playoff game. There's only one quarterback on the Denver Broncos roster right now who's won a playoff game, and his name is Brock Osweiler. So I think, well, this is my own take, okay? We'll see. I want to see what you think about this. Even mm-hmm. though before the season I was saying Paxton Lynch, Paxton Lynch, that ship has sailed. Now you're in the mud. Now you are in the thick of it. The bullets are flying, and you got to get it done. I think if you turn the keys over to Paxton Lynch right now, what you're basically doing is saying, you know, bye-bye season. And I think you're sending that type of a message as well to your locker room. I think if you're going to make a change now and you have to, it's got to be Brock Osweiler. And if he screws it up, that's when you go to Paxton Lynch. But so long as the Broncos remain in the hunt, so long as the season remains there, the opportunity is there to make a push, I think it's got to be Brock Osweiler. I agree that if you're going to give the ball to Paxton Lynch, which I think they'll do, not entirely sure, obviously, um, you would have to just ride it out through the rest of the season because, you know, like I said, like don't give Deshaun Kaiser the start and then rip the ball out of his hands at halftime. Like that's that's just the worst thing you can do for a young quarterback. Not that Paxton Lynch is a rookie anymore and he hasn't played yet, but he's never lost a starting job. Uh, to anything other than Trevor Simeon getting healthy again. Um, I think if Brock Osweiler was good enough to to lead a 3-4 and four team back to the playoffs, I think he'd have a starting job right now, and he wouldn't be in this situation. So I think you put in Paxton Lynch. Um, I, I don't think the Broncos come back from this necessarily. Uh, if they do, you know, it would have to be – um, leaning on a really good running game, which I think they're capable of. Pax and Lynch playing okay football uh, and just not turning the ball over. You know, running when he has to. Kind of playing like a 2004 Ben Roethlisberger type season, if that makes sense. To kind of, obviously the defense is the strength of your team. You have a good running game. Uh, quarterback, quarterback makes a few plays here and there. Just doesn't mess things up. Yeah. Uh, extends plays with his feet. Um, and, and just gives you enough plays to win. And then I, I think uh, a huge variable for that, too, is they have to improve on special teams. I think we'll talk about that a little bit more with uh, Step Your Game Up, but yeah. uh, just a, a little foreshadowing. But they would have that would have to be the formula to win. So I, I think it's possible with Paxton Lynch. So yeah. um, I'm not – obviously, I don't think there's a huge light at the end of the tunnel. If you put in Brock Osweiler, I think you're just kind of delaying – the inevitable, but you know, I, I could see it both ways, but I would have to say give it to Paxton Lynch. And if you do give it to Paxton Lynch, it has to be Paxton, this is your team now. It can't be uh to your point. Yeah. It can't be any uh timid 
you know, we'll see how you do. We'll go week to week, take it a week, game at a time. It has to be literally kind of a passing of the mantle to Braxton right. Lynch. He's got to feel like the coaches, the entire coaching staff, the entire team is invested in him. And behind him now, he's not looking over his shoulder, and he can just focus on the task at hand. And if that happens, you know, I mean, I've I've been one of these guys that's relatively high on Paxton Lynch as far as his ceiling and his skill set and what he can do athletically and as a thrower of the football. My question has always been between the ears with him. You just don't know really what he's got to work with in that department. But that book is, hasn't been written. I mean, he needs live bullets. He needs snaps. We're re, Now I'm rehashing some of the talking points from the, from the preseason and training. Yeah. Camp, but, but nonetheless... We won't know until he gets live bullets. Is that going to be this year? Who knows? We'll see. The decision, I would expect, is going to officially come tomorrow. Now, we're running out of time here. we got a couple more segments we want to get to, uh, starting with step your game up. It's that time of week. Uh, it, it could be a player. It can be a coach. It can be a position group. Will, the Broncos are coming off their third straight loss, their second consecutive division loss. Who needs to step their game up in your mind? I mean, we already talked about Trevor Simeon, so uh, I'll let that one go. Um, Isaiah McKenzie, he fumbled at the 16-yard line, really just like not looking the ball in. I think he's pressing too hard to make a play. Uh, Vance Joseph keeps him in, which I'm okay with, just because uh, I think you, you know, I like that Vance Joseph's loyal to his players, and I also don't think there's uh, a much better returner on the team right now. So uh, he keeps. McKenzie in there at punt return and the next play uh, McKenzie fields the ball and then runs with it in one hand runs with the ball just like uh, like LaShawn McCoy does when he's in the open field yep. just uh, this is uh, this is a series after you just fumbled the ball at your own 16 yard line so mm-hmm. I, I question that um, I really want to see you know Broccolivo probably chew him out in the film room uh, I, I which I would imagine already happened so got to get better. Uh, I, I'm still high on him, but you, we talked, we compared him to Trenton Holiday. Yep. But at least Trenton Holiday scored touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got some good with the bad. Yeah, um, so right now it's just bad, but we'll see if he picks it up. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And I think, again, it just kind of, this whole feeling of pressing and nothing can go right, I think it's just trickling down to many facets of this yeah. team in in all three phases, to be honest with you. Um, and so I think making a quarterback change also is a way to signal to everybody, okay, fresh start, let's reboot, let's let's get this thing back on track. Now, for me, my guy needs to step his game up, Darian Stewart. Now, he did come away with the interception, albeit off a left-handed uh, wide receiver, throwing the football in the end zone as he should not have. Um, but Darian Stewart getting burned like that one-on-one, this is a guy who's a former cornerback himself, uh, he's got a lot of snaps, both at the college and pro level, playing one-on-one coverage. To see him get burned like that by Travis Kelsey was just, just, just lame. Now, on the flip side of that coin, Travis Kelsey is probably the best route-running tight end in the NFL. He's a physical freak. He's a matchup nightmare. So you know, you you gotta acknowledge that. But I was just disappointed to see Darian Stewart get beaten so badly. I mean, it was just bad. So, Darian Stewart, step your game up. Now, before we get to the Mile High Mailbag and then we're going to get out of here, one last juicy topic that Will and I thought we'd discuss today. Coming off the news that Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy G himself, has been dealt to the San Francisco 49ers 
the Broncos had kind of resigned themselves uh, from what I've been told. Now, Will and I, you have, we haven't had a chance to uh, discuss this um, off air, but the Broncos had resigned themselves to basically the fact that they weren't going to be in the Kirk Cousins sweepstakes next year if they wanted to be because it was a pretty obvious uh, destination that he would end up in San Francisco with the connection to uh, Kyle Shanahan and then, of course, you know, just the the reality that they need a quarterback and they're going to be willing to pay money. Well, yeah. now that option is looking like it's going to be more realistic for the Broncos come free agency next year. So Kirk Cousins, this is a guy who, I mean, if you can imagine the Denver Broncos today switch out Trevor Simeon, Brock Osweiler, Paxton Lynch, put in Kirk Cousins. I mean, this is an AFC juggernaut just waiting to happen. But in order to do that, you're going to have to be paying this guy $25, $26, 27000000 million a year. Is that something, Will, you would be willing to do? So there's a lot of variables that go into this. Um, the 49ers trading for Jimmy Garoppolo does one thing, which it takes them off the board, presumably. Um, you, you never know if like Jimmy Garoppolo is just terrible in another system or maybe he gets hurt. So I don't want to say it's you know over and done with because anything could happen, as we've seen. Um, but doesn't look like their destination. It also drives um, the market price down a little bit, probably not significantly, but it's going to keep it from blowing up to the point where you know Kirk Cousins is making the most quarterback at, most money out of any quarterback in the league. Um, so that's another thing. And then we don't know what's going to happen in the draft too. So once we get the draft order figured out, um, that's that's going to go a long way to deciding who is really going to go after a quarterback in free agency. Um, so right now it looks like the 49ers are going to get a pretty high pick. Uh, we don't know yet, considering they could be a better team with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. Um, they could still be you know, the number two team behind the Browns. Mm-hmm. Both teams are still looking for their first win. We don't know if the Browns are, are waiting on a quarterback. Uh, we don't know what happens with the Jets because they're going to need a quarterback too. Um, and then another factor is Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen are juniors, and they might not come out if they don't want to. So I don't actually expect Darnold to uh, come out in the draft. I would be a little bit more surprised if Rosen stayed for his senior year, just kind of given uh, his comments uh, about you know life as a college athlete. So I'd expect Rosen to come out, Darnold to stay. Um, obviously, Falk's going to come out. Um, I think Lamar Jackson too. So uh, we don't know what the quarterback class necessarily looks like yet. So that'll change things. But you know, if the Broncos wanted to pull it off, I, I think they'd have to clear some money off, obviously. Yeah, so definitely. maybe that means a keep to leave. Uh, I don't know if you're really helping your team in that regard, in that case. So yeah. I don't know. Uh, I don't see Kirk Cousins necessarily as like a, a, a savior um, because I don't know. I, I think he's just like anybody else where he's going to need good protection and uh, a good running game and, and good receivers to win. So I don't I don't think he's one of those, you know, Aaron Rodgers types, although I do think he's obviously a massive upgrade from the three quarterbacks yeah. that the Broncos have on the roster right now. He's like one of the he's on that next tier. You know, you got your yeah. Brady's, you got your Breeze. Breeze might be on the downswing, but your Tom Brady's, you, your elite guys, even your Matt Ryan's, your guys that you can count on. Uh, at that top level that are going to raise all ships. And Cousins can become that. But I do think he's one of those situations where you bring him in and a lot of those issues with protection, with a quarterback that knows how to get rid of the ball, 
uh, are mitigated in a lot of ways, but we're running out of time. The one thing I, you brought up that I do want to point out, this is my own take, is with Sam Darnold, who knows what will happen with Josh Rosen, uh, but with Sam Darnold, I would be surprised if he doesn't come out this year, and here's why. He's, okay. You see what happened with Matt Barkley. He was projected to be the number one overall pick had he come out following his junior year. Chose to come back for his final year at USC, went on to have a not-so-good senior campaign, ended up being whatever it was, fourth or fifth-round pick, and just losing himself a crap load of money. And so I would be surprised, honestly, with that recent history so close in the rear view if Sam Darnold followed suit. But at the same time, they are two different quarterbacks, two different skill sets. So, you know, anything's possible. Now, last thing, we're going to get out of here. It's that time of the week, the Mile High Mailbag. We are your football priests. We're here to offer you, especially in these times of need, football absolution. And the first question here comes from Jacob Smith at JS Mile High 9798. His question, why in the world do these ex-backup quarterbacks, head coaches, in Kubiak and Vance Joseph pray at the altar of Simeon? I'm so lost. This is one of those tweets uh, and questions, Will, I think, where guys are still just, everyone's just still so mystified as to why the Broncos let the train go so far off the tracks. And if you take a step back and just look at it from like the 10,000-foot view, Trevor Simeon last night put an exclamation point at the end of his, you know, his performance thus far this year. But if you go back five games and look at this guy's production, it hasn't been pretty and yet the Broncos have stayed the course with him uh, up until now. They're at a point where you know there's no return. they got to make a change. But that's where, Will, I can understand some of this frustration and just guys pulling their hair out, trying to figure out where your Gary Kubiaks and your Vance Josephs are. They get so caught up and invested in a guy like Trevor Simeon. Is it the brain? Is it his ability in the film room? What is it? Because he, at this point, seems like a – very compromised quarterback. I, I don't agree that they're that they were praying at the altar of Simeon, so to speak. Uh, I think when Trevor Simeon, and I don't even think this is a stretch, but when he's firing on all cylinders, like we saw in the first two weeks of the season, he's by far the best quarterback on the roster. And so I think they saw that, and um, I think they played they they played the best quarterback on the roster, and it just turned out to not be that way for the last month or so of football. Second question, and then we're out of here. Comes from Gary Smith at John Q Common. Really, it's not even a question. It's more of a reaction that merits a, a, some some of our own uh, analysis. Gary says, looks like coach speak from the coach who said, quote, Trevor's fine and talked down to the media. Now, there is that perception. We've touched on this already in the episode today that, you know, Vance Joseph has gone a little too overboard in his support for Trevor Simeon and that, you know, he's he's done so – at the risk of losing his locker room, at the risk of losing credibility, and possibly even, this is a worst-case scenario, and I'm not saying that this has happened, Will, but even possibly at the risk of losing credibility with his boss, John Elway, in the front office. I mean, we should just make a distinction that there's uh, a difference between addressing the media and addressing your own locker room. Uh, Behind closed doors, we have no idea what they're saying, so... it really isn't really up for debate. Um, but in front of the media, a good leader takes responsibility and is accountable. And that's what Vance Joseph's done. So I think you always back your players no matter what. Um, 
as long as he's starting, you're going to say he's the starting quarterback. Why would you put that out there and, and you know, <laughs> ruin his confidence anymore? That's a that's a terrible way to to go about being a head coach. So, I'm I have no problem with what Vance Joseph has done. No problem with how he's handled the situation. Um, so yeah, I'll leave it up to that. Well, before we get out of here, we want to remind you about our sponsor, Audible. They're awesome, you guys. Get a free audiobook download. Get a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash huddle up. You get over 180,000 different titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. So you get a 30-day trial. You get one free book. You can choose whichever one meets your fancy. At the end of the 30-day trial, if you don't like it, you can get you can cancel. You get your money back, or, or excuse me, you don't get charged. So it's a it's a great service. It's an app that I use literally every day. Uh, I listen to it already today uh, during my commutes, driving around town, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. We don't always have time to sit down and turn the pages on the books that we want to, but Audible allows us to do so while we are doing other things, multitasking, whether we're commuting, working out, cooking, yard work, whatever. So. Do what I do, get yourself a membership, you try it, you don't like it, you cancel it. And again, we work hard, we sacrifice to bring you guys these episodes each and every week. And by patronizing our sponsors, it allows us to continue to do what we're doing. So we appreciate your support. If you haven't done it yet, go give the trial a whirl. If you don't like it, cancel. But that's all the time we have for today. You can find Will in the Twitterverse at WillKey6, myself at Chad and Jensen. Tweet us your questions. We're always going to try to address your concerns on the show. Look for Nick and Carl's preview of the Eagles game. Yikes. Uh, By Thursday. (laughs) Don't forget to subscribe, y'all. For Will, I'm Chad. We'll talk to you soon. Mile high huddle.